We have a very special presentation today. We are our Gita Nagari project in Port Royal, Pennsylvania. It's almost like a sister project to ISKCON of DC. We, uh, we, every single week, we drive out there to get milk from their cows, and that is Ahimsa milk. We'll probably hear more about it, so I won't give away the plot. Uh, and also, we get the CSA, we get the vegetables uh, throughout the growing season that are brought here uh, every weekend. And there's a real connection between the wonderful devotees there and our temple here. We always want to encourage uh, and support uh, the wonderful project in Gitanagari. Srila Prabhupada, our founder, whose statue Murti is behind you, uh, he visited Gitanagari um, and he, he named it, the, he named that project there. And it's just uh, been a, a beacon of, uh, of wonderful Krishna consciousness ever since the 1970s when it was first uh, purchased. <clears throat> and so these, these two devotees um, here, Venu Madhurya Prabhu and Dasya Prem Prabhu, uh, are going to present a titled A Journey to Gitanagari. And there's a, one other special thing about Gitanagari. As you're driving up, automatically your heads are shaved. It's really special. No. No. Hare Krishna. <laughs> so please, Prabhus, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Rajbi Hare Prabhu. <clears throat> We'd like to thank you all for her wonderful hospitality in Washington, D.C. And as Rajbi Hare Prabhu said, we're like a sister's projects in the way that we cooperate, we supply Ahimsa Dairy to the to the beautiful deities that you have here, Shishirada Madan Mohan and uh, Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman Gornitai deities. So this is very, very special that you know Krishna has his own milk from his own cows. So we will do the little presentation today. Places where the deity of Radha Krishna is worshipped, such as big American cities like New York, Los Angeles and San Francisco, of course, Washington is here on the list also. And European cities like London and Paris, or wherever they are centers of Krishna consciousness. That's how Prabhupada translates art. That's why we have to read word-to-word -word translation too. It's very important. Prabhupada put a big deal uh, to actually you know, translate those Sanskrit words for us. Because he explains out of his love and states as an acharya that such places are non-different to actual holy places in India, like Jagannath Puri and all those places that are mentioned here. Once in Melbourne in 1973, Srila Prabhupada was saying, in the temple, he was saying, this is actually, you're not actually in Melbourne, you're in a Vaikuntha. And the devotee is like, jai, and Prabhupada, no, in Vrindavan. <laughs> so Prabhupada, you know, he, his consciousness, he was the carrier of Vrindavan. He manifested that Vrindavan in all those cities across the globe. You know, traveling 14 times in his very old age. He was a, he's Vrajavasi. He's a resident of Vrindavan, eternal resident, very special. Nityananda Shaktyavesh Avatar. So he had this specific Shakti empowerment to bring deities, install them with Govindadi Purushan prayers, and let, you know, devotees, whoever they were, however unqualified they were, to accept the service and manifest the Vrindavan. And as Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings, it's up to your consciousness whether the Vrindavan will manifest or not in the places where you worship. So when he worshipped at home, the deities, Vrindavan was manifesting. You could see it. You could feel it. He was there. 
So I just wanted to encourage you all that you have these beautiful Shishirada Madan Mohan deities here. If you come here and perform all which is written here, chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra, worshiping the deity, you don't have to be a Brahmana to worship the deity. Did you know that? You can do any service here at the temple or the premises of the temple as a service to Shishirada Madan Mohan. And they will accept. So you're actually worshiping the deities by performing any type of service. They accept it on the same level. And of course, today we're going to take you on a journey. I know the journey is the theme. So as you can see here, you have beautiful, the second picture here. But Krishna is surrounded by deer, birds, cows in a forest of Vrindavan. Maybe it's not Vrindavan, maybe it's Kamyavan or Talavan or, you know, any other forests of Vrindavan. There are 12 main forests and there are many sub-forests also. So we're going to take you to one forest here of Vrindavan nearby, just, what, three and a half hours drive? Three and a half? Three and a half. Yes. So the large green Vrindavan, because Krishna, of course, enjoys uh, association of cows. If you remember in the 10th canto of Bhagavatam, the uh, chapter 5, when Vasudeva meets Nanda Maharaj, I don't know if you have, probably. Yeah, if Nanda Maharaj uh, sees Vasudeva, and Vasudeva asks Nanda Maharaj, how are the animals of Vrindavan? He says, Pashu. Pashu means animals. Do you know how Tr Prabhupada translates Pashu? Cows. <laughs> because cows are the main animals. They're the most significant animals. They're mothers. So he asked Nanda Maharaj, how are the animals? Do they have enough forests, grazing fields, water to drink, the special herbs? Because, you know, taking care of animals is very, very special. When Krishna came to punish Kamsen, he did. And then they, you know, Krishna said, we have to separate now to Nanda Maharaj. Nanda Maharaj had to return back. He said, I don't want to go. I will stay here, Krishna. I promised to Mother Yashoda, I'll bring you back. You're not coming with me? I'll stay here. But Krishna had an argument which turned Nanda Maharaj, despite of his parental love. He said, yes, but how about the cows? They can't live in Mathura. <laughs> There's no, no grass to eat. There's no forest to be, you know, to wander around. Yamunatira Vanachari. Vanachari means wandering in the forest of Vrindavan. And that argument, you know, Vasudeva was, I mean, Sarnanda Maharaj, he had to be, had to acknowledge, I have to bring back the cows. Krishna was crying. He didn't want to. He said, he went to the, every bull and whispered something personal into, his, into their ears, because they were part of the family. And he was crying. Balaram had to take him by hand and walk him out from there. And if he would turn back at least once, he wouldn't be able to resist and he would return to Vrindavan. So that's how powerful Vrindavan is. So our Radha Damodar, who were traveling for six years across all the United States, which is unprecedented in the whole Gaudiya Vaishnava history, somehow or other, they chose this beautiful Pennsylvanian forest to manifest their Vrindavan. We have Govardhan Hill there, we have Yamuna River, we have all the little stands, we have a lot of cows. We have 90 cows. 90 cows, you know, Krishna has, I, that's my speculation, Krishna has 900,000 cows, right? So he deducted this 0.0001% to <laughs> get an agri. Because he, he's there. Archa Vigra, be mindful, it's not, they're non different to Krishna. So Radha Damodar was part of their herd here in Vrindavan, in Gitanagari Dam. So let's go and see, meet our residents. Because as you see there, it's not just the cows. Guess what? They're peacocks. 
Krishna wears the peacock feather, right? Do you know why peacock, Krishna wears the peacock feather? Anybody knows? Please. Yes, the peacock gave in love because they had a dance competition and Krishna won. And so the king of the peacocks had to acknowledge, you know, you are the best dancer. So he gave that peacock feather to wear. But there's one more inner reason, mysterious, sacred reason. You want to know? If you listen to Indra Dhumna Maharaj's series, you would know that. So the middle peacock feather, I'll try to enlarge. It actually... It actually reminds Krishna of the blue eyes of Srimati Radharani. This is exactly the color of her eye, the deep blue color. So this is Dudu. He's, uh, <laughs> sorry. He's our peacock uh, bhakta devotee, peacock. So he comes every day to Mangalarati. Is everybody here coming every day to Mangalarati? Uh, don't raise your head, I don't know. I, I know you do. So Bhakta Dudu comes there every day and stays for the morning program, uh, deity greetings also. And then during lunchtime, he knocks with his beak on the door of dining hall, demanding Mahaprasadam every single day. And unless you give him, then you know, he's not going to be satisfied. There's another one, Kunti the goat. Actually, Krishna has goats, if you didn't know. So Kunti the goat, she looks like a very pregnant, fat goat because she thinks she's a cow. Somehow other... She assimilated with cows. We bought her so he sh she, she could eat the weeds, but she eats grains and grass like the cows. <laughs> so if you come to Gitanagi, you'll see her walking with milking mothers to the barn and she returns with them and she's super fat. She thinks she has four stomachs as cows, but she's not. Anyway, let's go further. Of course, the smart cows, we have beautiful brown Swiss cows and they're very gentle by nature, most of them. Some of them are feisty, but that's a part of character life. So this is Bahula with Vishaka and Lalita. They were very small at that time. Now they're three years old. Meet the team, the residents of Gitanagari Dam. Very dedicated team here. It's about 20 persons. We have about 50 devotees living in a nearby uh, area also. So I'd like to just, uh, as part of the journey, remind you some of the quotes of Prabhupada uh, in terms of, you know, the self-sustainability and, uh, you know, farm life. Because it's important that, actually, Srila Prabhupada started to remind of this more and more after 1974. So you'll see a lot of quotes by Prabhupada about importance of such projects. So this is one of them. Balaram represents plowing the land and ag for agriculture and therefore always carries in his hand a plow, whereas Krishna tends cows and therefore carries the flute in his hand. Thus, the two brothers represent Krishiraksha and Goraksha, right? There's a letter. Oh, no, sorry. This is conversation in Vrindavan, 1977, just before, you know, half a year before Prabhupada. No, yeah, half a year before Prabhupada departs. How they were happy, the inhabitants of Vrindavan, with Krishna and leaving the cows. And I want to introduce, at any cost, do it, produce, make the whole field green. See that there's, I'm asking for so much, farm, 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 farm. That is not my program, Krishna's program. Anad Bhavanti Bhutani, produce greenness everywhere and everywhere. There's a letter to Haushauri Prabhu, same year. This is the next, next aspect of Krishna consciousness which I wish to push forward. I'm able to travel again, if I'm able to travel again, then I shall visit the farms and make them perfect. On these farms, we can demonstrate the full Varnashrama system. If these farms become successful, then the whole world will be enveloped by Krishna consciousness. How about that? 
That's a pretty bold statement by Prabhupada. And it's part of his vision. And it's part of his empowerment also, if we start cooperating on that level. There's one more, very important for us specifically, because Rupanuga Prabhu at that time, he was a GBC in New York area. And so if you knew, if you, if you know, our farm was purchased back then by New York Temple. So this is exactly before the purchase or during that process. Because the Gitanagari farm was purchased in December 1974. Our farm projects are an extremely important part of our movement. We must become self-sufficient by growing our own grains and producing our own milk. Then there will be no question of poverty. So develop these farm communities as far as possible. Just one more to Kartike Prabhu. Our next program will be to organize farming land to set an example to the whole world how people can be peaceful, happy, and free from all anxieties. Wow. So those are beautiful, very beautiful um, statements by Prabhupada. And today we're taking you on a journey how it all started. So just in a quick, quick uh, journey further about our story. So when Prabhupada visited, he actually named the place New Varshana. But somehow or other later, he renamed it to Gitanagari himself. So Gitanagari is a place where Bhagavad Gita was sang, was sung. So somehow or other devotees didn't know at that time that Prabhupada wrote Gitanagari prophecy in 1956, nine years before coming to the United States, where he stated quite an interesting uh, points like you may have read here on the screen. I don't want to spend much of that time because we are still short time. I know you'll be hungry for prasadam, and I want to keep it short as much as I can. But I would like to read this just one point. When such knowledge will be fostered from the vantage of the Gita Nagari, at that time only, real peace and prosperity will usher in the world, so anxiously awaited by the people of the world. So Prabhupada envisioned an ideal village where people live God-centered life in a harmony with nature, with animals, and with everybody, really. The whole process works together. And we set that example, and if we do set that example, then that prosperity and peace will finally come. As there will be some more pictures of Prabhupada appearing uh, as he visited Gitanagari Dham and made it, a, made it a tirtha also. So, Srila Prabhupada, he, he was really a remarkable personality. He could, he really mastered this yukta vairagya that you, like in New Vrindavan, for example, he stressed that everything has to be without noise, right? Hell, milk and everything like as resembling the Vrindavan atmosphere as possible. In Gitanagari, after one year seeing the production, we were delivering 400 gallons of milk to New York in a week, <laughs> just to the New York temple. So, you know, he said, we don't mind machinery <laughs> as long as the temples nearby have abundance of milk products, produce, everything, you know? Because he knew, he saw how Paramananda Prabhu, Devakinanda, and others were growing like crazy, you know? There was like manifesting such an abundance because there were farmers by designation. They find, found the land which was fertile. Of that, Dasyaprem will speak more. Uh, because fertile land is very important, uh, you know? We don't use chemicals, Dasyaprem will be speaking about it. But we get all those nutrients in the land. It's not rocks, it's not marshal, marshland, it's not sand. This is very special and precious about Gitanagari also. So, I'll just keep a few pictures and just finish with this slide. So basically, Srila Prabhupada, when he inaugurated ISKCON in 1966, right? 
he made seven purposes for which ISKCON should be, you know, what, what actually the activities of ISKCON as an organization. And in this beautiful 50-year anniversary logo that devotees made, you know, they made in each lotus the symbol for all our activities. You know, how we actually educate, how we have the loving relationships, how we do the kirtan, we build in the spiritual city, like in Mayapur Dam, and the cows, meaning that we have to teach simple living and high thinking. We should be able to present it to the whole world. And of course, book distribution will help it all. So yes, we're not against the cities, neither we're not against the farms. They should work in a nice collaboration together to present to the society what we actually are for, what are we actually doing, how we live in, what's our lifestyle, what are we aspiring for. So yes, compassion, education, cooperation, enthusiasm, support, simple living, love and relationships, those are ISKCON goals. And today we are trying to encourage you all to start pleasing Srila Prabhupada, because if we participate in all of those activities together, then Prabhupada will be really pleased. And so I'll start giving the word to Dasi Prem Prabhu now. He's our farm grower. He's our uh, main farmer. And, you know, he's a very grounded person. Those who work with land, they're grounded. So he'll be very steadily paced now and uh, describe you about the program, the CSA program, which we actually are here to present today. And there's a, the table is set up at the hall, with Prasadam Hall. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Big thank you, Venemadiri Prabhu. Um, for bringing us to the forest, and uh, so now I guess I'll describe a little bit about some of the activities we have going in the forest. Uh, has anyone, anyone? I mean, first of all, thank you to yeah, all the organizers and my basis to the senior devotees present. Um, so I was wondering, was anyone here involved with the CSA last year? I know, uh, yeah, DC has always been big supporters of the milk and uh, of the vegetables. So was, it, was anyone here in the room a CSA subscriber last year? I guess they all, okay, sorry. Okay, so maybe they all yeah, knew what was going on, so they went. Um, so pretty much CSA is um, a way for farmers to be supported. So, yeah, as you saw, Prabhupada so much wanted this farming, and at one point he said, chant, 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 plant, plant, plant. So, so anyways, so we can, and from the, some of the quotes that were just brought up, we can see how much Prabhupada wanted this farming. Um, so, of course, um, yeah, It'd be, be nice if we could just grow our food there and just live happily ever after and, you know, have our own self-sufficient life. Um, but unfortunately, we're not, we're not at that level yet. So we want to, yeah, so we need to kind of export our, um, our abundance. And for that, we need, we, we need support. So that's why Prabhupada wanted so much this uh, temple-city connection. Because the people are here in the city, and yeah, we have the land out there in the country. So, what is CSA? Community-supported agriculture, a subscription-based model for purchasing organic seasonal 
produce directly from local farmers. So some of, some of you guys may not know, but actually we, we have, uh, we recently acquired another property. So now we have two properties. Did anyone know that? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, th I don't think they wrote a Down to Vuts article about it yet. But you can see, um, yeah, so this is actually our new property. It's called Sarabi Kunj. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's another 80 acres. And anyways, this is a picture here. You can see our temple president there, Dhruva Maharaj Prabhu, looking over, I like that picture. He's the farmer looking over his land, seeing the potential. Yeah, so this is what we have. Two properties, 430 acres, um, 90 cows, as you heard, uh, 20 devotees, and so unlimited potential. So little the history of our CSA. Uh, we we started in 2010. So when Dhruva Maharaj and uh, Parijata, when they first got there, uh, b yeah, before they had all the cows, they just they immediately went from their kind of corporate lifestyles and just immediately started planting vegetables and kind of like getting the CSA underway. So they started off 25 members. And since then, we've gotten up to 115 members. So with your support, hopefully, we'll, get, we'll have even more than that this year. So wh what we're doing is um, a multi-farm CSA. So the thing about CSA is it's actually it's a, it's a shared risk between the farmer and the consumer. So traditionally, how it would work is if the farmers don't produce much, then the consumers would be okay with not getting so many vegetables. But then when they pr produce an abundance, then you get more. Um, but how, seeing as we're in an area where there's so much agriculture, what we have is a multi-farm CSA. So this means that even, even if something happens, you know, like Colorado beetles come or whatever, some, some crops get knocked out, um, we have plenty of friends. You can see one of our friends here with the, uh, with the horse-drawn uh, plowing. So yeah, we have lots of f farming friends in the area who we can source from to make sure that everyone gets you know, a proper, sufficient uh, share of vegetables every week. Yeah, this is a big theme that I want to stress is improve eating habits and decrease your grocery bills. Does that sound good to anyone? Yeah, okay. So, this is a nice quote from the Bhagavatam. Life's desire should never be directed towards sense gratification. One should desire only a healthy life of self-preservation, since a human being is meant for inquiry about the absolute truth. Nothing else should be the goal of one's works. So, there you go. From the Bhagavatam, you have it. That we should... Strive to live a healthy life. So, yeah, some kind of scary facts here. So these are FDA recalled products since 2017. So FDA, we all know, Food, Food and Drug Administration. And, uh, yeah, so when they recall an item... Do we really? Oh, my God. Oh, so you guys yeah, might even know all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hare Krishna. So, uh, yeah, so many items that you get at your, you know, beloved, whatever, stores, 
um, often they have contaminants and they find this out later and then so the, the items are then recalled. So you can see some of the things here. And some of the usual suspects. Hope, hope, yeah. Hope no one works for any of these companies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Reasons for recall. Um, yeah. Some like we've heard, we've all heard of these things, right? Like salmonella outbreaks, E. coli outbreaks, these things like this. Um, so sometimes we think, okay, well, vegetables maybe you know won't won't be such a big deal. Uh, how much harm can a you know a fresh vegetable cause? But but we know we hear this right, like the yeah salmonella and E. coli, uh, you know we hear this in the news that the tomatoes have been contaminated. Don't eat tomatoes. So this so one case there was E. coli breakout, and you can see in November 2019 20, 28 hospitalizations. Um, then what is that? November 2018 there was actually five deaths from this E. coli. In romaine lettuce. Um, so, yeah, and they what they were initially they were saying, okay, well, just when you get your vegetables, just wash them very nicely, uh, and then that'll take care of the contaminants. But then they they realized, okay, actually the contaminants are going into the vegetables. So even if you wash them nicely, kind of yeah, can't get around it. Yeah, pesticides. This is just another unfortunate reality of the world. And yeah, another thing is just that farms in general are under threat. Um, so we can see here, according to the USDA, anyone work for the USDA here? Um, 1.3 million acres of farmland were converted in 2021. And that comes out to 3,500 acres a day. It's like 100 gitanagris a day. Sorry, 10 gitanagris a day. Yeah, so on, in general, how the trend is going is that the number of farms are going down and the, the size of the farms are increasing. So I think I read in the, in the 1940s, it was like uh, two-thirds of people lived on farmland. And now, in the, and then when it hit the 2000s, it was less than 2%. And I think now that now they don't even check these statistics anymore. It's such a small number. So it's just, and I don't know if you've heard of like these protests going on in India, right? These big farm protests. Um, so yeah, because of globalization, everyone's getting their produce from around the world, and so when the farmer actually, what what the farmer actually gets for that produce is just hardly anything because so much goes into the, the marketing, the packaging, the distribution, and all that. And so farmers are just thinking, okay, I'll just increase my land, increase my land, but then uh, to do that, they have to take out loans, get bigger machines. So it's just, it's a very vicious cycle, and uh, uh, actually they're finding that farmer suicide, it's, it's um, I think it's one of, one of the occupations now with the greatest number of suicides because of this whole thing. Um, so CSA gives us hope for the future. So yeah, that, that's the glories of this CSA is that it cuts out all the middleman um, 
and it, it yeah it's a way that the consumer can go directly to the producer and yeah in order to push on this aspect of Prabhupada's mission we need this kind of connection um, so of course we are yeah we're fully certified organic um, so we use all the kind of like latest farming techniques to ensure a healthy soil and to, and to ensure the vegetables give the most uh, yeah, the most nutrients so here you see I don't know if I don't know if many people know but yeah, because we hear, of course, like fresh, we should eat fresh vegetables. And that doesn't mean just um, like have fresh out of the fridge or when you go to the supermarket and it has a little sprayer on it. Yeah, that's fresh, but there's actually a nutrient loss from the date the vegetables are picked to the time they're consumed. So you can see here uh, for green beans, 11 to f in from 11 to 15 days after they're picked, if you consume them, 45% of certain types of nutrients are lost. Um, so it's not, it's not all nutrients, it's just, it's only um, a certain amount of nutrients. Um, but yeah, carrots, garden peas, broccoli. So we are, yeah, but this is another glory of the CSA, is that we actually, yeah, we'll get it to your table in three days. And maybe some people recognize Jaleel there. <laughs> I saw him on the door also. It was very nice. Um, okay, so some of our pricing. Um, pretty much, yeah, so what we're offering is 15 to 20 pounds of vegetables per week. And that's 7 to 10 different varieties. And uh, recently, I, since going to Gidenagri, I've done a lot of cooking. So I kind of, I feel like I have a sense of what cooks want, uh, what people want in their house. Yeah, potatoes, uh, coriander, peppers, eggplant, uh, spinach, all that stuff. Now I know. Now I know what, what people want to cook. So we're, we're, we're trying our best to provide these things. Um, so it's 36, 36 a week. And... Pretty much from June 4th to October 29th, 22 weeks, we will bring the vegetables here. So when you come to the Sunday program, you can, you know, get your association, get your darshan, uh, get your milk, and get your vegetables. You don't have to make an extra trip. So full share, 800, half share, 450, and... Please sign up before April, or else the yeah, price will go up a little more. So if this sounds like a lot, um, I actually did a little research. I went to Whole Foods, and I, I, I pretty much I researched the first 10 vegetables that we were also going to grow, and I averaged how much it is per pound. And for them, it was 276, and our price, yeah, our price came out to about two dollars. So we actually, uh, yeah. So it's actually it's a it's a good deal in so many different ways. Um, and then some additional benefits, because also if even if you buy organic vegetables, a lot of times what these farmers are doing is they're using yeah, fish emulsion, bone meal, so crushed crushed bones, blood meal. Um, so even things that pass as organic, 
are 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 um, things that we as devotees don't generally want to be involved with. And so here's a list of just some of the vegetables that we'll produce each week. Um, the thing, so it's it's seasonal, yeah. So that's the thing is the produce is seasonal. Um, but nectar devotion actually tells us nectar devotion in chapter eight offenses to be avoided. It's stated there that one should not fail to offer fresh fruit and grains to Krishna according to the season. So I know we all I know we all want tomatoes in December, and um, yeah, but it's 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 actually healthier for us and. As Rupa Goswami says, it's actually what's preferred for the deities. Um, if it seems, sometimes people think, oh, there's so much, so much vegetables, what are we going to do with all of it? Um, so here's just some few ideas. Making healthy smoothies, freeze it for later, give it to your neighbor, donate it to the temple. Um, yeah, don't, and don't feel bad. I, I mean, even... Maybe we can set up a system where you leave it here, something that you're not going to use, and then we take it and compost it, you know, turn it into nutrients like that. Uh, so share the wealth and show your support for this very important pillar of Srila Prabhupada's grand master plan for giving Krishna consciousness to the whole world. So uh, as you heard that very s- striking statement Prabhupada said, that um, but if we establish these farm communities, then what was it? The Krishna Conscious Movement will take, Enveloped. will envelop the world. Yeah. So, so if we build up these communities, Krishna Conscious will envelop the world. Um, so as you can see, Prabhupada there in our barn, and the next picture over is how we can all kind of have our part, play our part in this big, big mission. So we're not expecting everyone to come out in the hot sun pull weeds and uh, you know harvest vegetables but you can support in some way so yeah so now I'll um, finish there and I'll just let Venom Madhiru kind of wrap it up okay <clears throat> so basically you heard it right I mean I worked in Hamburg shipping line in New Zealand for like four years so I know the apples the granny smith the beautiful green New Zealand apple it stays in a atmosphere-modified warehouse for a year before it gets to you. And then two months from a sale also to America. So this is like crazy, you know. By the time you eat this apple, there's no nutrients whatsoever. It even diminishes in like two weeks, what to speak of one year. So, you know, we can supply to you some of those vegetables are like 24 hours from being picked up. Some of them are a little longer, depends on when we harvest and when we deliver. So, but up to three days, this is maximum. Of course, yes, it's seasonal, as Dasipram said, but hey, what? I mean, you can learn new recipes. You can, you know, you can be innovative. And of course, just remember, you're supporting a Prabhupada's project. You're supporting cows. You're supporting future agriculture. You're supporting, like, devotees. You're supporting deities. You, you know, you're participating in a grand thing. You're part of Prabhupada's mission. So we have this, as I said, the table set up at the hall, the prasadam hall. So just stop over before prasadam, during or after. We're going to be there for another hour and a half. You can sign up today. If you sign up today, the price is cheaper. 
Also, you're going to have a little present from us, and that is Girinagari honey. Yeah, 1.5 uh, pounds, I think, is the one, the jar. Yeah, so you're going to get it for free today as a special gift if you sign up today. And if you cannot sign up, still take a, take a flyer, think about it, give it to a friend, you know, distribute it. Just you know, think how, who else can be interested in this program. And you don't need to come personally yourself. You can send a friend. It will be on your name, but your friend can pick it up for you. You know, if you're on a holiday or something, just you know, give a present to your friend or whatever, colleague. So there's many, many ideas. The official party is over. If you are super hungry, Prasad is there, I presume. But if somebody is spiritually thirsty, because today is Madhavacharya's disappearance day, and I feel like almost obliged to say at least you know, three, five minutes of you know, glories of Madhavacharya. So I don't know who wears organizers, if I'm allowed to. Or if you are thirsty for that, those who are, and I mean, feel free to go if you have to for prasadam, but if you allow, I can just say a few words. Is it okay? Some of, some of you okay to hear? All right. Because Madhvacharya, Prabhus, I mean, we are in a Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. He's our forefather, you know, he's like, you know, a, a great Acharya in which disciplic succession, us and Lord Chaitanya and Srila Prabhupada coming from. So Madhvacharya, he lived in the 13th century. And it's so hard to track the biographies of saints living that far, you know, that long ago. But for us, somehow or other, luckily, for Madhvacharya specifically, his disciple Trivikramadas had a son named Narayana Pandit. And Narayana Pandit, he made a biography of... Uh, of Madhvacharya, and he written that it's called Sumadva Vijaya. He was a great poet, he was Mahakavya. He could write in Sanskrit and other languages poetically. And he described in every detail the life of Madhvacharya. He only included passages about Madhvacharya which were spoken and was witnessing about at least two persons. He never trusted somebody just saying something about Madhvacharya, or even one person declaring he saw it. The only things he included in, in terms of biography, was from himself, because he witnessed Madhvacharya, his father, and then those who saw different pastimes, at least two persons witnessing the same thing. So in this way, he could write this biography in very much detail, especially the later part, which he witnessed himself, in terms of his sadhana, his qualities, his, his spiritual life, his preaching, and as you know, Madhvacharya is incarnation of Vayu. So his previous incarnation was Hanuman. You have Hanuman here. Uh, then Bhima. And then, of course, Madhvacharya. So he had a great strength from his birth. Great appetite also. You know, he's like, he, can, he could control. Uh, he could not control. I mean, his digestion was very powerful. So much so that there was one past him. Somebody just said, can you eat like thousand bananas? He said, yeah. So he did eat thousand bananas in one go. That's Madhvacharya as a child, you know. So he was very restless. He had a phenomenal memory. He didn't have to hear things twice. He remembered everything by heart. So teachers would sometimes say, why are you not coming to school? And I know everything, so why, why would I come? You know? So Madhavacharya would come and just uh, phenomenally present everything that he, you know, teachers would be uh, giving him as knowledge. And so by the age of 11 or 12, he realized his mission. And that mission was same as Hanuman and Bhima. Punish the demons, right? Kill them all. <laughs> but the way that Madhvachari killed demons, he knew demons were born in the bodies of Brahmanas and infiltrated the whole India with Mayavada philosophy. So he was very, very upset about it. He says, I'll defeat them all. 
So that's what Madhvacharya did. He wrote his own Bhashya, you know, he wrote so many things. And with Vaishnava, Dvaita, you know, Vaishnava tradition, he started to just plunder them all out of India. He was so successful, everybody was fearful of him. And of course, envious as usual, right? If you are successful with something, they get a lot of envious people. Because Mayavadis, they were envious because they were threatened. You know, the whole philosophy, everything was threatened all of a sudden. And so they made a secret plan to uh, steal all his literatures that he wrote. That was closer to the end of his life. And they did. They steal everything, the whole library of what he wrote and, and, and the other scriptures he collected, Vaishnava scriptures. You know, he was born in Udupi, which is a, a sorry, nearby Udupi, which is a Vaishnava town. Udupi is very known for being Vaishnava. And he had many other heroic acts when he brought a deity from when he stopped that sailing ship and, you know, the, the, he got this tilak, and in that tilak, the huge stone that was the deity of Krishna, he installed it in Udupi. So there he had his residency nearby, and then the whole library was stolen. But luckily, the king was already either made a Vaishnava or he was inclined to Vaishnavas. So they made a whole investigation and they found the library which has not yet been destroyed. And so they brought everything back. So this was just some, you know, I just wanted to give you a drop of taste of Madhvacharya's life because, you know, it's important to glorify Acharyas and our Sampradaya. We should not forget it. Uh, we should always refresh it, especially for Madhvacharya. Not only because of our Sampradaya, but because we have so many, like, stated facts about his life. Like there's much, much more about his strength and, and how he visited Himalayas, Badarikrashrama, he had presented his Bhagavad Gita commentaries to Vyasadeva, and you know, there's so many things about Madhvacharya life. Amazing, amazing stories, which I, today was like an advertisement for please, find time and study his uh, life and pray for him, pray to him. Because Prabhupada had the same spirit of destroying this Mayavada Shunya, Shunyavadi philosophy completely out. And so we are indeed the followers of Madhvacharya. Of course, Chitani Mahaprabhu took the two greatest things from each Sampradaya and combined it. So our Sampradaya is even a unique, a little bit more unique. But, um, you know, still, we, especially Madhvacharya, we definitely uh, pay respects and, and uh, try to remember that he, he, he has started the Vaishnava tradition in a way that it became so much prominent. Of course, Ramanuja also, but you know, Madhvacharya made it so much prominent in India. Uh, nobody could even be close to how he, you know, preached it vigorously across the India. So, thank you very much. Shishi Radha Madan Mohan Ki, Shishi Gornitai Ki, Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman Ki, Shila Prabhupada Ki, Go Premanandi.